Welcome to the third episode of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am Tiger Height. And I am your glorious champion of the world, the gallery of many peanuts. Apparently, Peanut Gallery now comes out of his room to Roman Reigns' new theme song, which he doesn't like. Not a fan of it. It's No, I'm bothered by that immensely. Anyway. It's, it's so generic. It, you know what? I'm not even going to like dignify that response. I mean, I mean, come on. You Tripla Ah has better theme songs. Okay, there's something called a copyright difference. That's okay? true. <laughs> so, this is what's going on. We for Okay, so this is kind of what's going on with this. Usually, Tripla Ah does Rey de Reyes as a pay-per-view. But this was their first big event right. um, this year, so they actually right. have a great contract with um, Space, the Space Channel, right. which is there. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering that, which you'll hear a lot of here because we're stupid English people and build the wall. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so let's do a quick little review of Ray Reyes. Yes. Starting so, with our first contest. Well, yeah. Well, what? So let's let's talk about Oh, the thing in general. Yeah, let's talk about the event in general first and then we'll do the matches. So okay. again, as far as any rivalries go or anything like that, be between, very... between the combination of the fact this is their first show they've run pretty much this year. Right. And the fact that there have been many vacancies. Right. Uh, there really isn't a lot to say about it. They're, they're, they've had some build. Obviously, yeah. there was some trip. There's there was some triple mania um, right. spillover. Yeah. And- all that. So, number one, before we even get into it, how fucking cool was the setting of oh, this yeah, show? Oh, yeah, that was an awesome setting for the so, show. Uh, they were in uh, La Perdo de Cochula. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. So they were they were in basically a suburb of Puebla, New Mexico. Yes, it's and a suburb, so, and they were right next to like they, this really cool yeah. 15th century church. And yeah, like um, the hard camera or where the guys or the commentators were sitting, where they show them quite a bit. Um, it was right at the foot of the structure that this church was right. on. And it, it, they just they had it lit up. It was just visually spectacular. Right. Um, and that was the one thing I really liked. Also, they had like this little market yep. out. Yeah. So I guess they actually had like triple A merchandise for people to go through and like sell and shit right. too, which I thought was really cool. Kind of wish they showed that more, but they really didn't. Right. Anyway, um, overall, I really enjoyed this show. Yeah. I thought it was a great. It show. was anyway. um, yeah. The setting was awesome. Um, there weren't any fans, but they 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 showcased like the city culture and everything like that. So it was pretty cool, right? And you know, you got a lot of that cultural thing. They actually did like a cool um, Aztec ceremony to start off the show. Eh, and they had, yeah, I mean, they, they, they I don't really think I don't like, oh, I don't really think mean. it was an Aztec ceremony. I think it was. There was just a cultural like, hey, this is where we're at, sort of thing. With like, with like the drums and the yeah. little like um, horn or the little uh, shell thing that they were blowing into. Yeah, I'm that sorry. was. That I'm, was... I'm, I'm, I am very culturally ignorant about Mexican culture. Yeah, so don't... That, that was that was just the the area that they were in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure, but obviously it was a that. very cultural event. Let's put it that way. Right. A lot of showcasing of like the signs and stuff that they have in the plaza. Those are actually there. Those are like permanent fixtures in that plaza. Right, and there was. Cool. It was a really cool visual. They built it really nicely around it. It kind of, it kind of felt incorporated into the show. Right. It was neat. Good. Yep. Good okay. So let's go into our first match, 
which was the five-way match, and they did not do any kind of promotion of what the point of this match was, but here in Wikipedia, they just kind of shoehorned right. in that the winner would receive a World Cruiserweight Championship match at which, some point in time which later. Was, which was highlighted by the fact that after this match was over, Laredo Kid Laredo came, Kid out, came to out, talk out to talk to um, Latigo. Latigo, who was the eventual winner of and this five-way match. So it was Latigo... Dynastia, Toxin, Toxin, Toxin. I'm sorry, um, Ara Aramis, 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 and Ares. So okay, you can pronounce these words, but you cannot pronounce Ingo Bernables. No, I cannot pronounce Ingo Bernables. It's so weird. I think it's the I think it's the vowel thing. I like, think so. Ingo Bernables. I think after I mean, a while. I think after a while. Yeah. Anyway, um, this was a great opener. Um, I thought it was. There were some weird pacing issues, and there, there were some. There were some spots. It was like, okay, this was clearly set up, but right. I think like for eighty-five percent of the spots, it was very smooth transitions. They were very safe on the outside, which I kind of expected because it was because, it was essentially like a little thing and right. then concrete. Right. So they had to be really, really careful. There were no barricades either. No, there were no barricades, so it was very much. It was, it was very a, open. Right. Um, and when they did like a suicide dive, it would be up the ramp mm -hmm. because the whole ramp was padded. Right. Um, so they were fine there. But uh, for the most part, it was more of like a big rainbow dive instead yep. of a suicide dive. Right. Um, but the opening match was really good. Um, I really, really liked really it. really set the pace very well. It really did. And people were like, oh my god, it was Spot Fest. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's called Lucha Libre. That's, yeah, Lucha Libre. Is, you might as well call it Spot Fest Libre. Right. And then it was like one move, uh, Latiga or Latigo. Latigo. Yeah, Lat Latigo. Latigo. Latigo won with like literally just a clothesline. Yeah. It was a lariat. And he won. So I was like, wow, all these crazy like arm drags. I've never seen anything like it. And right. then all of a sudden, oh, let me hit you with a lariat and pin right. you. Um, it was a really great opener. Laredo Kid comes out and. Um, uh, Latigo basically established himself as the heel, um, turning his back to Laredo Kid, which is essentially slapping them in the face. Right. Um, it was really good. It was. I also really liked the um, setup to that match. Right. It was a good setup to the yeah, match. Yeah. I really liked All that. All right. Triple threat, right? Yep. This was our triple threat. So and it this was for the vacant Latin American, Latin American champion. champion. Uh, Daga was the champion. Obviously, he's going to be going somewhere else. Right. Um, obviously, uh, we don't know. Possibly the AEW. We're just not sure I think yet. We're pretty, I think we're pretty much set in stone. That I it's think AEW. it's all but a formality at yeah. this point. Um, but it was Octagon Jr., Taurus, and then it was Villano the third Jr., who Ooh. actually left the promotion yeah. in 2020. Yep. We thought that he left the promotion. I, I think that he came off... Now, here's my theories. I think it's just a one-off thing. Like, he, this is, like, fulfilling his final right. obligation to the company. Because I think he's pretty much done with Triple A at this point in time. I mean, I don't know where he. I don't know where the hell he's going to go. Maybe CMLL. And we'll yeah. talk about CMLL We'll talk later. about that a little bit later on because right. it was interesting. It was really interesting. Um, this was a really, really, really good match. It was. Uh, there was one spot. It was scary as hell. Volano, it was... Uh, Octagon did like a standard uh, little kick, like a springboard kick, like a disaster right. kick. But um, Tarus moved him out of the way, and there were like five guys out there. Apparently, right. um, Octagon just kicked him right, like right in the ear, and knocked him loopy. So they like carried him out. I'm like, oh great, he returned, and now he's hurt. Right. Um, Octagon and Taurus really picked up the pace yeah. and kept going. And then when Volano came out again. 
because he did come back out later. It, it, he just incorporated himself in there, and they right. just did yeah. a phenomenal. It was a phenomenal match. I didn't even think they could have followed that other match, but it was great. Um, and it was Tarus with like a crazy modified reverse pile driver for him to be the Latin American champion. And I don't know why, but they put the belt upside down, and Peanut Gallery's like, they have it upside down. And we just died. <laughs> like, we were crying. We were laughing so much. And it's like... It was so, like, not of anything other than upside down. We just started dying. Like, I don't understand why. Um, but it was a really good match. It was. And um, Tarus uh, did cut a promo, basically, and then with um, Tejano, which I find the, the irony of that is amazing. Right. But it was a great match, and I, yeah. think, I think the right guy won, even though we chose Octagon. Tarus just looks awesome. He, just, he looks great with that. So, anyways, yeah. there we go. Well, so before, oh, so okay. before the match came out, Deanna Perrazzo made Deanna, an appearance, yes. and she was For, on commentary. Um, okay, I, I do want to. I do want to bitch about this because okay, I had a. I had a big. The, I had let's, a big let's, problem. Let's bitch about the commentary for just so, a minute. Deanna Perrazzo does not know a lick of Spanish, right? So the commentators had to transition from. English to Spanish. Or from Spanish to English and back to Spanish. Um, she didn't really play that big of a role in the match. Which I felt I felt like her being on commentary was totally fucking and I useless. felt like it was a waste of time. It was a gigantic waste yeah. of time. Like, why did they bring her out now? Why not wait until after the match to bring her out? Right. So her being on commentary was totally useless. But... Um, this was for the vacant Reina de Reina's championship. Um, vacated by Taya Valkyrie. Val- not, not Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. This was, was it Taya Valkyrie or was it Tessa Blanchard no, the this last was, champion? No, this was Taya. Okay. They vacated. So Taya vacated, obviously, because now she's, now she's in the in NXT. WWE. Right. Yeah. Um, but yes, if this match. So, okay, before we get into it, we did make a t- super big incorrection. Um, that larger girl with the pink and white mask. Yeah, that was not sexy star. It was that, not. That was uh, Chica Tormenta. Oh, Chica Tormenta. Chica Tormenta was the girl that we were like complaining. I th- I swear to God that w- I thought that was um sexy star. No. So sexy star was the mystery person. Yep. But it's not um Dulce Garcia. It oh, is it's not, not original. No, it's so not. So this is a, this is an imposter. It is um so in Wikipedia it's sexy star two. Oh, interesting. But, but they promoted it as Sexy, Sexy Star. Star. Because if you if you know a little bit about the history, Sexy Star did not leave. Um, it, that was a gigantic Tripla thing. on such good terms. No, she like intentionally broke the arm. So so this is why I guess because um, Cody had stated. There were a lot of people that are yeah. in AEW right now stating that they would not even be in the same would, locker right. room with Sexy so Star. So we thought that. We thought that Triple A was ruining that forbidden door by having that but right. no it was just it's sexy star too so that we're fine with same that. same gimmick and everything yep. just a different person and, and that's very common in mexico right oh, oh that's very, very common. common oh yeah well we're gonna talk about one here during wrestling lesson anyway right. um fabi apache lady shandy lady lady flamir chick chick tormenta lady maravilla and sexy star two fought this match was dog shit um also, once again, Deanna Perrazzo, not knowing why the hell like the women were standing on the outside of the match, could they have not filled her in before going right. out there? And that was the other thing that was awkward too. It's like, well, we thought because the match was set up differently than what we had thought. 
Um, so we're just like, well, what is going on? And, and even, even, um, uh, Deanna was a little, uh, was a little bit confused on that. Yeah. So I feel like they didn't fill her in very well. Right. And I feel like if they filled her in a little bit better than they did, it would have been fine. But it really, I mean, the match itself was not great. Let's put it that right. way. It wasn't. Um, there were some that were great. Like Fabi Apache is very good. Right. Um, Lady Shani was awesome in this match. Um, Sexy Star was dog shit. Chick Tormenta was absolute trash. Um, very seemed very um, out of ring shape for the most part. And I'm sorry, this is just my criticisms. And But the match itself, eh. and um, it was uh, Fabi Apache to win, so Peanut Gallery got that one right. Right, and this was my this was my ascension to winning total victory. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but it was like a random superplex, and yeah. Fabi Apache and... Um, uh, uh, I almost said Sexy Star for no reason. Uh, it was Fabi Apache and uh, uh, Deanna Perrazzo. They had their little thing, so they will most likely have a title versus title at yep. Triple Mania. It sounds like it's going to be a title versus title. It looks like that they're starting to set up... Um, Triple Mania. Uh, well, they're starting to set up... Uh, um, I think that's coming in like August. Or yeah, August or uh, Deanna Perrazzo to become the female version of the belt collector. Like right. She'll start collecting belts, right. which is fine. Right. It's fine, totally fine to have that, um, but yeah, I feel like the setup to that could have been a little bit better, with, especially with her being commentary. She did not belong there. No, it was just really bad. I feel like if she was yeah. on English commentary, it would have been better. It would have been but, a little bit better with her um, in English commentary. But, but you know, the, the commentators tried their best to accommodate it, but it yep. just did not it work going did, from... It did not work out very well. Not, not going from direct Spanish on how quickly Spanish is spoken to English, Right. Um, they were very smooth in the transition, but it just it right. just kind of took me out of my headspace immensely. It did, yeah. But other than that, it was, you know, whatever. It was probably the weakest match on the show. It was. Yeah. All right, and now we're going into match number four. Match number four. This which, is Rey de Reyes. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, I will be talking about Rey de Reyes on wrestling lesson later. Yep. Um, but, you know, we had Laredo Kid, El Tejano Jr., Aerostar, Drago, um, Abismo Negro Jr., El Hijo del Vikingo, I butchered that immensely, Mistezis Jr., I, how can you pronounce, you know what, um, and then Mon, uh, Murder Clown. Murder so Clown, So yeah. Murder Clown was kind of the star in this, I feel like yeah, they Yeah, I know, they really pushed him almost like a single star. Yeah, um, they, he eliminated a couple of guys, I think he was like really one of the yep. only ones that eliminated multiple people in this match. Yeah. Um. So the um, countdown thing is extremely loud. Yep, it's beep, beep. And then like an explosion. Right. And then the next person came out. It was essentially a glorified Royal Rumble, which was. was super weird. Um, up until the last one, which was with Tejano and Laredo Kid. Yep. And obviously all these guys are established main eventers right. in the title scene. And I guess because the first big one might as well have some established guys in there right. to... Um, jumpstart that, but Laredo Kid did win. Meh. Yeah, no. You won. Def- you won definitively yep, with this one. Amazing. I won. That was my definitive win right there. Right, and it was. Um, it was fine. I mean, it I was, thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought there was great storytelling. Overall. I think the the only thing that was. I mean, yeah, Laredo Kid did a wonderful job. Um, you know, like I said, I think the star that stood out to me most was uh, Murder was Clown. Murder Clown. It really, he really was. He eliminated like at least two or three people yeah. and he you know it's like okay they already have psycho clown as a 
um, established main eventer, and it kind of looks like they're right. doing it with Murder Clown now, but then there was Monster Clown who wasn't even on the show at all. Right. But it doesn't even matter. But, you know, they'll work their way up towards um, that. But, yes, uh, you know, Laredo Kid got the big sword. Obviously, yep. he will be the next contender for the mega champion well after um, a certain person debuted. Yep. I guess not. But he has a championship already that he needs to defend. He needs to drop that belt. I still don't know why the which, fuck he which, has that belt. Which belt? He has um, Laredo Kid is the World Cruiserweight champion. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, yeah. he'll drop it at some point, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Triple Mania when he loses to uh, Latigo or whatever. Right. But we'll talk about that later. Yep. Now to the main event. Yeah. Obviously, there was a mystery partner for Chessman. Yes. Ch- oh, so, Chessman, Chessman and Psycho Cl- um, or Psycho Clown and Pagano versus Chessman and a mystery guy. So they had Chessman go. come out first. And then, and then they had Pagano and um, Psycho Clown, and Psycho come Clown to come out No next. fucking reason. It was the weirdest thing, but let's talk a little bit about who the mystery person was. So, um, it was Sam Adonis. Right, who is? The younger brother? Yes, I think the younger brother of Corey Graves. Yes. And he was also the same person who, on CMLL... Had he was the, he, he was, was the, the Trump guy was in 2016? Yeah. Yep, he was a pro Trump guy in 2016. And he had he still had that gimmick here, yep. being pro American, very Trump esque, and yep, so mega heel, and that was a big catch from CMLL. Or um, you mean Triple A? Or yeah, it was for Triple A, but it was from CMLL. It was a big catch, right? Because there, I don't think I think that he signed fully with Tripla A. I'm, I'm not sure yet. I tried to figure that out earlier today. Tripla and CML just don't work together. They don't. They really don't. So um, this this match ended in a no contest. It was a weapons right. match. It and was generally main events for um, lucha libre shows, unless specified otherwise, are going to be hardcore matches. It's right. always been that way. Um, so this was nothing fucking new. Um, you know, hitting each other with headshots that yep. are scary as shit. Or whatever, I don't care. Um, but Sam Adonis attacked Chessman, right? And then um, Diamante Azul and Puma King, who wrestled for CMLL at one point, right? Attacked everybody. So it looks like they're going to be doing a small um, CMLL invasion storyline. Right. Maybe not outright. Well, it's it. it's not. It's it's like a quote, invasion. It's kind of like the WWF when they did the ECW invasion. Like, right. you knew all these guys were signed no, to the company. Right, right. But they're doing it again because all these guys were CML. Right. And so, so they're going to do a little... They, they, fun- they, have a, they have a little faction. Um, it, it is a faction. I think the... The name of it translates to um, The Company. Right. So I think that's what they're going to call it. The Company. Right. Um, so then we saw the vignette. Yep. Andrade El Idolo is going to Tripla A, immediately not only challenging Psycho Clown at some point in time, but Kenny Omega yep. for the Mega Champion. So that's going to be in our very near future. Uh, well, it's he said for Triple Mania. Oh, it was for Triple Mania. Yeah. So, um, so there are a couple of months between that. Obviously, Omega has not... Responded. Accepted, has not responded to that challenge, but him being the Mega Champion, uh, this would be the biggest fucking match. And I guarantee you it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. We're pretty much already structuring um, Triple Mania. Yeah. I'm really fucking excited. So let's see. We got. um, So we got. we Fabi, got Fabi Apache and Deanna Perrazzo yep. for uh, for both titles. Yep. And, then and then we now, got Laredo Kid and um, 
uh, Laredo Latigo Kid and Latigo for, for the, the cruiserweight. World cruiserweight champion. So he can drop that. Right. And then uh, now Omega and Andrade yep. for the Mega Champion. So, so it's shaping up to be a pretty decent show so far. Oh, that's going to be fucking awesome. At least based off of our predictions. But, but that, that was the end of the show. Yeah. There were only five matches. Um, Great show overall. I enjoyed it. Anyway, so when we come back, we're going to Pina Gallery because he's going to talk to us about heckling at the hard camera. From the hard camera. Same thing. Right. We are back. I'm going to take it to Pina Gallery, control the photos, and him discussing what he's going to discuss. So, Pina Gallery, take it away. All right. So, our topic is going to be the seriously unstable side of CMLL. And the reason I want to talk about this is because CMLL is very well known for being the serious and the stable, referencing their very conservative booking style and their traditional structures to how wrestlers are used and allowed to express themselves. Outside television broadcast, CMLL has not shown matches where one of the competitors bleeds. They have a few steel cage matches on occasion. There have been super libre matches where there are no disqualifications, but otherwise do not promote a wide variety of such contests. Yep. Um, CMLL has on occasion fired wrestlers for excessive violence, like the use of chairs during a match or where profanity is being used while... Uh, addressing the crowd during a show. Wait, wait, shoot? Like, they actually fired people for doing that? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't storyline? No, they actually fired people for, for literally, like, cussing. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but there's a reason that they've been around for as long as they have, and and it goes down to the fact that what their, their formula has obviously worked in that, culture for a long time and continues to do so they're still the biggest wrestling promotion out there well they're the oldest they're they're I, well they're the biggest wrestling promotion in mexico oh most certainly yeah yeah um you know in in that area though they're not biggest wrestling promotion today we obviously know who that is um but uh so people look at triple a they're, they're split in the 90s but it wasn't the first time that someone split over creative differences in 1975, Francisco Flores, along with EMLL, which was the, the name of the company at that point in time, trainer Ray Mendoza, broke away, citing their displeasure with EMLL's conservative, restrictive promotional style. And they took a bunch of young EMLL wrestlers with them. Right. Gee, wonder... wonder it's just a pattern that's going to continue to exist, I think, for... EMLL, oh, CMLL, and so what they found, they founded the, um, they founded the, what was called the Universal Wrestling Association, which actually existed until 1995. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what it was, it, it, it had, you know, it, it obviously had those more hardcore style matches, younger talent, more expression sort of thing. They had working agreements with wrestling promotions in the United States and in Japan, such as New Japan Pro Wrestling, World Wrestling Federation, and Japan Women's Pro Wrestling. Um, in 1974, Impresa uh, Mexicana, so EMLL founder and owner Salvador Lutterworth Gonzalez brought his son into the promotion, grooming him to take over when Lutterworth Sr. eventually had to retire. Uh, this, this action 
combined with a very rigid and conservative promotional philosophy, led EMLL's promoter in Nucalpan, Mexico State, Francisco Florist, and Ray Mendoza to break away from the EMLL. And create, so, and create UWA. You remember, it's the opposite there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, like so. My- so it, it's kind of interesting. And, and what I find most interesting is that it actually began literally in like a wrestling school, like in a gym. And it expanded to become this huge force. And again, what, what made it so different, so unique, was not just the style, but the, the booking philosophy. And I think this is a theme amongst Mexican promotions. Right. Is that it very broadly, um, it very broadly splits over creative differences you don't see a lot of that in other areas of the world not to the extent that this happens right you see a lot of it's it's competition but maybe not necessarily because of it it's 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 not so black and white as it is in mexico right in mexico you either have the extreme stuff or you have the very conservative stuff you don't see a lot of stuff in the middle right you know, a lot of that stuff, I think, is more... And I think that harkens back to the culture of Mexico as well. It's a very traditional culture. Where, where Mexico has very traditional sense, and then they also have this very creative sense. And you have to have a mix of both. Right. But in the wrestling world, you just can't seem to have it. Right. So... um. You know, the the UWA, they have a very long and storied history. I'm not going to go into it might, it might be too for, much right. of the history of the UWA, maybe for a more throwback-y sort of thing. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, what happened in the 1990s, because in the 1990s, three different things happened. The UWA collapsed, yep. and the UWA... Um, the UWA was a place where a lot of main event wrestlers in the 90s got their start, uh, like El Kanek, now considered a legend in Lucha Libre. And it helped popularize the match format that is now most common in Mexico, which is the best two out of three false six-man tag team match or oh, trios really? match. So this was actually, they actually were the originators of the trios matches. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. I didn't even know that. That's neat. And, that, and now it's such a prevalent thing in, like amongst the world are six right. trios matches. Right. And so other promotions were starting to heavily promote the trios matches. Now, what happened in the 90s was... Um, you know, there isn't a lot, I, you know, I, I guess, I guess what really happened was the rise of Triple A really kind of put UWA on the back burner. Right. And so what you saw was, again, you have Antonio Pena coming in as a booker mm-hmm. and he, uh, he would clash with Juan Herrera, who was the other main booker for CMLL at the time. Herrera wanted to maintain the old style of booking. Uh, and Pena wanted to feature younger, faster-moving wrestlers. In more of a spot festy yes yep. kind of way. And so in the end, CML owner Paco Alonso uh, decided to go with Herrera's booking style. After Paco Alonso chose to ignore Pena's booking ideas, Pena began negotiations with Televisa, television channel, to fund a new wrestling promotion. Which and is he would start Triple A Asistencia Arcaria y Administración Triple A promotion. 
How the 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 Spanish <laughs> words that you know and what you can't pronounce is so interesting. So again, it created this very long running rivalry with CMLL that continues to this day. Now, uh, now as far as as far as uh, UWA is concerned, the reason that they started going down was because of the fact that. Um, several of their top wrestlers left the company in the 1990s, the early right. 1990s, to go back to CMLL because they just See, CMLL just had more money, right. too, and they had a lot more publicity, so they were probably making more money. Right. And so CMLL and UWA then started doing bookings together, and I think this was part of that downfall. Right. And, you know, again, in 1992... When when you have a clash of styles right. of booking, and, and, and when 1992, when Triple A came in, you know you have now another new promotion, and a, a promotion with some money behind it too, right. and the UWA was forced to cease because the peso at the time lost all of its value. Right back in the 90s, and it just crashed. That was it. They yeah. had no money left. Right, so. I find it very interesting, and I think this highlights one of the flaws of Mexican wrestling in general. And I don't think there's anything to do with the wrestlers. It's, I think it's a cultural I thing. I think it has to do with the culture. Now, we're not saying that it's bad. No, we're just saying it's not. that. There's a, I mean, I would say there, that a, a promotion like trip, uh, like CMLL would not have existed as long as it has right. in America. Right. There's no way. No, there's no way. What happens... I, and I think this is very unique amongst Mexican culture as far as professional wrestling promotions are concerned. Because you go to places like New Japan or, 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 to, or you go places like Japan or America. People leave and start new promotions all the time over creative differences. Right. I mean, that's how AEW was formed. That's how All Japan... That's how New Japan Pro Wrestling was formed. That's how All Japan mm -hmm. Pro Wrestling was formed. And then there was the um, Inoki uh, Geome Federation. Yep. That started with creative differences. Yep. A lot of promotions and even Capital Wrestling Corporation started with creative differences. Yeah, even though they still had a good relationship with them, um, they had their little empire within themselves. Yep. So why would you be a part of an organization that doesn't make any sense right so it's very common to have like people leaving and going to other wrestling promotions for creative differences right but i think there's something different about mexican wrestling where these two worlds it's almost like you have two different worlds of wrestling and that's why that's why I love that's why I love covering uh, Mexican wrestling. It's such a different. You look at a CML match. You look at a Triple A match. Right. They're totally different matches. Mm -hmm. You would think there's no way that's the same. It's it's it, it doesn't even look like it's from the same country. Right. And that's what I'm taught. Yeah. That's what I was gonna get at. It's like it doesn't look like it's even from the same country. Right. And. I find it really interesting that that is the way in Mexico that that has evolved. It it obviously works on both ends. On both ends, mm -hmm. you have these two completely different styles of Mexican wrestling, and so I, I think it's a very interesting case study to look at. Mm -hmm. And you can't compare it to any other rivalry of like country wrestling promotions. 
you know, maybe WCW and WWF at the very beginning, but even then, once they became more mainstream, their styles almost became indistinguishable from one another. Yep, exactly. Same thing with TNA. They might have been a little Southern style wrestling, but it again just evolved into right. something that's more right. mainstream. Actually, actually, that's another great one that we can even discuss further. Yeah, um, Southern style wrestling, right. to Northern wrestling, right. So essentially, what we're seeing is that dynamic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 20, still, 30 it, years it after, it still exists in this world where things are becoming so open and and so commoditized and so media frenzy you know whatever that you would expect these mexican styles to start adopting other you know start to adopt each other's wrestling styles but that just doesn't happen Mm -mm. so um anyways that's all i have do you have anything to add um no i thought it was really great i like the fact that um this new company the um uwa were the people who really popularized and they really popularized. put a lot of emphasis in trios wrestling. Yep. I guarantee you it happened before that, but they really probably they put pop- a lot of emphasis. It was, it was their biggest draw at the time. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yep. That's cool. Anyway, so when we come back, we're going to be talking about the history of Rey de Reyes. All right.
we are back and we're going to talk about some wrestling lesson and we're going to talk about Ray De Reyes. Now, this is a great, it's a great tournament, number one. Ray De Reyes is an annual tournament in Triple uh, A comparable to King of the Ring. They actually um, formulated the entire tournament around the same concept, King of Kings, and they um, give you a sword. And what this tournament was for was to determine the next top contender in Triple A. The uh, so basically what happened, uh, the first six tournaments was formatted consisting of single eliminations with four qualifiers and a final. So two wrestlers face off, the winner goes on to the final, which happened at, um, I, think it, I think there was one event that did not have the Rey de Reyes event, which is separate from the tournament. Because they do have Rey de Reyes outside of Rey de Reyes. Um, it doesn't happen often. But it does happen. Um, usually, that's once again hoping to push that person into a main event position. It's never, you know, come out to that for the most part. Um, but it does happen. All it does happen. Uh, the event is also features additional matches related to the Ray Day Reyes tournament. So, what the booking does, what they do, because Ray Day Reyes is essentially the SummerSlam of Triple A. They will formulate tournaments around Rey de Reyes, and at Rey de Reyes, they will start booking to Triple Mania. So people compare it to the summer version of the Royal Rumble because you have the tournament, you have that big-time person that will move on to advance to Triple Mania, but then people will, because of the tournament, they will equate it to SummerSlam, where it's like that halftime, boom, um, let's start getting these rivalries set up. The first winner of this was the Latin Lover. He won it in, on, um, in 1997, and uh, he was defeated in, for the Champion de Champions Championship, which was the original main champion. Uh, I hate that name immensely, but that was what it was called. So, without the with all of the winners, you would think that would be multiple people that have won this that have won Rey de Reyes mm -hmm. more than once. Right. There was only one superstar throughout the entire history that has won this um, that has won this tournament more than once, huh. and they won it five times, and that was La Parca Jr. He won it in 2001, 2003, 2005, 2007, and 2014. Uh, this is the second incarnation of La Parca, not the original. And um, it's, it, I think that was kind of interesting doing the research that literally one person has only won it more than once. Um, I think now with Laredo Kid winning, I think this one was his second, but this was after the fact. I did this whole research later. Mm -hmm. So they would usually do it at one venue, which was at Cuerder Mardero, but it would actually switch between a couple of them after that. So it went from the original location to 
Um, Tarapules, I butcher that immensely. I'm just gonna butcher all of these because Peanut Gallery apparently is the fucking Mexican whisper. Um, I am. And Mexico State, uh, they are tied for the most hosts for the tournament at five each, including the events at five each. Beyond that, Zepion and um, um, Juarezco, I butcher that once again immensely. Jalisco? Jalisco, thank you. Um, I, you know what? I am I'm so American. I, <laughs> I, I shit the American flag, and I jerk off to pictures of Ronald Reagan fucking Trump, okay? <laughs> I would like to see those images. Um, and they were the only ones that have repeated the event. Um, as is tra- as in tra- as is tradition with most major triple A shows, uh, the wrestlers compete inside hexagonal wrestling rings. Is what what we saw, and not the four sided ring which the promotion uses during regular television and in house shows. So not only do these wrestlers, and they actually still do this to this day. Um, only main shows have this excited ring. I don't know why they do that. It's very interesting. I think that started in CMLL, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be very wrong. Even though the event is named after the tournament, the finals were only main evented 12 out of the 23 events. Um, And other than the 2020, which didn't happen, and the 2021 event, which once again didn't happen. Um, the 2020 event is unique because, well, it never happened. It was originally slated in March, but obviously with the COVID-19 pandemic that's still going on now to a very much lesser degree than what it was last year, um, they were actually going to postpone it to this year's event. But they actually decided, I think like a week and a half before the show, they were actually going to build new um, right. New things because right. so many titles vacated, um, so many people left, and so many people were in different rivalries. They just decided to go with a brand new concept. The The whole thing for mine is going to be a little bit shorter than what it usually is. But I feel like I kind of illustrated the point that even though, I mean, this thing started in 1997. There isn't going to be a whole lot of gigantic, like, historical things like your WrestleManias, um, even right. to that point. Right. But um, especially with what we saw and what they do with Rey de Reyes as an event, it is a very historic event. And at least everybody here at Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again, we're going to be covering this at least as long as we're covering Tripla A. Oh, yeah. It's that big of an event. And especially of what we saw and the matches that they booked for um, Triple Mania, yep. it's something that we need to know. So, with that being said, I will end my segment. So, when we come back, we're going to make not only Ray Day Ray is great, Majestic again, but Mexico great again. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> um, pro Wrestling Majestic again. So, stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, with that being said, let's try to make Rey de Reyes majestic again. So, um, do you want to do it per match or do you just want to do general format? What did we do last time? Did we do I think we match did match per match. match, yeah. Well, let's do it match by match. All right, so let's start off with our um, 
the winner receives a world cruiserweight opener with these guys. Um, what I would have liked to have seen with this, especially I would as have a, liked to have seen some fans. Um, that was that's one thing I definitely think was missing, especially from this match. There was so much room too. You could have you can you can have some six feet apart people. They had people there. Um, they had the um, they had the owner and I think some of her little entourage right. there in attendance. Could you not have done at least something? We have for fucking... some like VIP fans or right. or family of the wrestlers or right. something. We have we had some goddamn mud show wrestling people here booking and doing shows out. They were outside, right? Um, but they had guards out there, and especially with something like this, this is a very exciting match. But it just kind of fell flat because there were there was nobody fucking there, right? And, you know, I don't know the extent of what they or can do. Or they could have done, like, some fake crowd noise or, or something. Right. I mean, for God's sake, it's not really... I don't think it was that challenging. They had the they had the competitors there. Right. Couldn't you have not at least had somebody right. there? Um, but other than that, I feel like the um, they, they these people, at least, try to set up too much. I feel like they were trying to do yeah, too much. I think they were too safe. Um, there was definitely some things where they were being very careful, especially with um. And they your, don't they don't normally have events outdoors, do they? Um, I I think they actually have more than you think. They actually do some in like soccer fields. Oh, okay. Shit. Oh, yeah. No, this was nothing new. This, yeah, kind of felt it felt off. It felt like they weren't used to. Well, I don't think they were used to having the restrictions still. Um, you would think they would have had that, but no, not quite yet. Um, especially with your guy, right. your guy was very slow yeah. and I feel like, um, maybe it wasn't booked well, or maybe somebody forgot because they were trying to do too much. Right. That's what I got out of it. They were trying to do too much and they were setting it up with way too many people yep. and some of it worked and some of it didn't definitely work. Right. And if it didn't take that spot out and I felt like this match maybe went a little bit longer than what I wanted yeah. it to. Um, I felt like it went a little too long where maybe if it ended maybe even five minutes before, it would have been a very spectacular match. Right. But that's just me personally speaking. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. You're too. I mean, I, and I there were no feel tag like, team matches. Right, there were no tag team matches. That was super, I didn't even realize that. There were no tag team matches. Um, let's talk about the triple threat. Yeah, too many multi-person matches. There, are, there right. wasn't even a one-on-one -on -one match. There wasn't. Um, let's talk about the triple threat. Um, so, number one, why did you have Villano come back out after basically getting knocked out? Right. That was super weird. That was weird. Um, I did not like the fact that, like, um, Tejano just kind of came out there out of nowhere. I felt like the uh, flow of the commentators was totally thrown off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't really say anything bad about this match. I thought this match was majestic. It was a great match. It was. It was. Um, I think the wrong person won because isn't Tarus like kind of... He's, he's going back and forth between here and Impact. Right. So it's like, okay, well, what if he gets stuck? What if Mexico decides to do... Uh, Oh, oh, they the travel ban. Oh, they won't. No, I don't think so. They're I think we would. I think we would do the travel ban before. Well, then. you know, and in hindsight, I think it was actually a genius move because Black Tarus is showing up on Impact. Right. Oh, I didn't even you realize got that. Got some yet. exposure now because he has a championship belt, and they can he can introduce that to there. And obviously, with um, right. Diana Perrazzo being involved, yeah, um, it just gives more of that. I didn't even think about that up until you literally just said. But I'll be honest. I with think you. that they did. They 
what they did was actually not genius. Except for putting the belt on upside down, which looked really silly. And it then did. the camera guy tried to like go around it. And then they're like, oh shit, it's upside down. But um, I thought the match itself was really good. I can't, yeah. I can't really say anything bad about it. Oh, this match. Okay. Again, this is what happens with multi-person matches. You get a cluster flank. It, this was extremely poor. It no, was. Number one, um, the fact that there was no kind of anything regarding the whole sexy star thing. Right. Why sexy star? Why that gimmick? Out of all the gimmicks, and especially what happened, I feel like this was right. still too much of a hot box. And if um, AEW did not know about this... They I'm probably, sure they could have they could have pulled that. I'm I'm sure that they knew about. I don't know. It's it. fucking triple R. We see weird shit from them all the goddamn time. All right. And the other thing too is if someone doesn't speak if someone doesn't speak Spanish, don't put them on a Spanish commentary. Booth. This was the most frustrating thing. Why did they do this? I mean, if Diana Perazzo spoke Spanish fluently, sure, whatever. Why fucking not? go for it. And then you still will get the big pop, all that wonderful stuff. Right. Yay, yay. Um, daisies, chickens, and kittens and baskets but right. at the same time it just threw me off it so much um the fact that they um went in and out mm-hmm. and with Ray de, Reina de Reina's the original purpose of the title was supposed to be only in the format of Ray de Reyes they actually right. were doing that but they decided to cancel it and that's why, the other why thing did you, why did you why did you change that's the, other the thing format too. of this aren't these normally like tournaments and stuff yeah um, they changed the whole format of the entire. Well, they did that before. Oh, they did. Um, okay. Yeah, no, they only they only did the Reina de Reina's format like they did with Rey de Reyes. I think like three years into it. Oh, okay. Um, but the problem was is that not only did um, Diana Perazzo not know why they were standing out there. Um, why did you change the format of this match from the other multi man match that happened right. before, where people just came in and out? There were no tags. There was no elimination. Right. That threw me off so goddamn bad, and as a novice uh, onto this product, it just it just jarred me. Unless you specifically right. said otherwise, it just did not make sense. Right. At least to me personally. Um, maybe we're just ignorant about it, but if they're trying to incorporate an American audience, which is clearly what they're trying to do here, right? Why didn't you explain it? Right. It just it was just really stupid. Um, the right person won. There were people in this match that did not deserve to be in this match whatsoever, goddamn ever. No. Um, they were extremely poor, and I feel like this being a triple threat match probably could have gotten more bang for your buck. Uh, it was just weird. Um, the whole match itself was incredibly sloppy too. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't know that until it happens, so you don't know. But I right. feel like after a while, um, you know. There, there's practice, isn't there? Don't they do practice for this shit where right. they kind of lay it out? Oh shit! Maybe well, I wonder if they didn't do. I wonder if they didn't practice before this match happened. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, obvious. I feel like the ladies at least they they had to have known that it was going to be somebody playing sexy star. This right. person had to have been there, but it was just so freaking weird. It was. Um, so- it was a very. It was a very yeah. odd match. All right, All so right. Ray Ray de Reyes. It, it again. It was a very forgettable match. I I just I wanted them to do some kind of hype video or right. something to let me know how big this match is. Um, once again, it is not only oh we're just gonna shoehorn these guys in, but why are they there? 
Right. Where what was the matches that had them earn their stripes? Right. Um, if you if they didn't explain to us, oh, these are the top of the top guys in Lucha Libre. Right. And they're fighting for this prize to take on Kenny Omega. I swear to God, they did not say one single word about Kenny Omega this whole match. Oh, and I know. Is, and that's the whole purpose of this. Yeah. Who is next in line? For the main event. Right. I did not feel that in no, this match. No, it did not feel that way. Now, obviously, I know a couple of these people, and I know that they are the top, the cream of the crop. Right. I'm putting myself into somebody who just, like, flipped on, and there was Mexican wrestling. There's, there's no... Um, there's no... Uh, setup for any none of these matches really had like w- a why there right. was no why statement let's have some why hype. Is I love this, a, match this is, this is why I love hype videos it's like okay why is Roman Reigns it's, facing mar- it's marketing Bryan? 101 right why is Roman Reigns facing Daniel Bryan oh here's a two minute video package going to explain it to you right it not only gets me excited about the match, but it gets me informed about the right. match. Because um, I don't watch Mexican wrestling on the reg. Right. Now, obviously, we'll know about it more as we're going. But right. if they're, tr- they're obviously trying to expose people to a different perspective, a different thing of wrestling. We just don't want wrestling. We want right. why. We want the why. That's the entertainment value. Right. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I thought the match itself was fine. Yeah. Um, I do like them pushing new people perspectively, um, especially with Murder Clown, and I think they definitely need a big guy again on the main event scene. So, not mad right. at it. This one. So, here we, here we go. Main event. I how- liked I liked how they introduced um, Adonis. Yes. Um, I thought that was... Well, number one, why did they orientate the entrances that way? I know. It was super that weird. That was weird. Um, and then with the hardcore match, I feel like having a surprise for the hardcore match, once again... Why? Right. Now, we had the why with Pagano and Chessman, right. um, but Psycho Clown was in there, obviously, because it's Psycho Clown. And um, I, I think the ending was kind of where they were trying to promote. It wasn't about the match itself. Right. It was never about the match. No. It was just the ending. Right. It was just the ending. That's all they were setting it up for. My problem is, is that I feel like Adonis attacked Chessman... Out of nowhere. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I feel like it, it should have been a much bigger moment than what it actually right. was. Introduce the guys coming in first. Right. And then have Adonis attack him because then everybody stops. Everybody's setting it up. Right. It just happened. Right. And that was super odd. Once again, the, the story is there. The orientation of the events was off. Right, it was. Um, I mean, that's really being nitpicky about something like this. Um, with Andrade, I kind of wish he was there. I know. Um, I wish they, you know, lights turn off, even with, like, the sign there, him being in the middle of the ring, like, over top of, like, all, all right. of the baby and faces. And I, I think, I think it would have, I think it would have made a difference had he had, had their been fans mm-hmm. again and i think that that's the element that even the fake crowd noise would have been fine right and you know we saw it with wrestlemania on how big of a difference it is with fans right. and crowd and you know obviously with a pandemic we've never experienced something where fans cannot be but in even attendance. but even impact has fan noise now and it I makes know, a but, difference but once again there's that reaction right and especially with something as big as andrade showing up on your promotion Somebody as big getting their release like that 
and going back to Mexico, right? You gotta have somebody. You gotta have something. But they just don't. Right. And that was the big thing that I really did not like here. But anyway, I want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you thought about not only the format, but maybe something you maybe we missed. Yeah. Um, did you watch the show? Did you enjoy it? Um, um and and on another note, was this a final sort yeah, of thing go ahead. too? I know that Dark Side of the Ring is happening mm. right now. Last year, we did it episode by episode. We did an analysis episode by episode. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about the format for this year? So, um, with this year, we are basically going to watch all of them and do a gigantic perspective. A retrospective. A retrospective. On, on the season in general. The reason that we did episode by episode last year was because there was nothing else going on. It was the height of the pandemic. Right. Everything else was down. And other than pay-per-views, no other per other other than WWE pay-per-views, literally nothing else was happening. Right. So so we're just gonna do it a little bit differently this time. We are still gonna cover Dark Side of the Ring. This is gonna be a one episode show though. Right. So if you guys enjoyed, remember to leave a like, subscribe to the channel, follow us on all of our social medias, and as always, be majestic. majestic.